I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slip Disc. Back Chat Podcast with Rainer Hirsch and Norman Lebrecht. Hello and welcome once again to Back Chat, which is the podcast of Slip Disc. My name is Rainer Hirsch. I'm with Norman Lebrecht. Hello. How are you? I'm terrific, except, I mean, it's been, what a week. It's been the aftermath of the bloodbath. It has been an absolute murder session, hasn't it? Oh, a mare. And that and more. But I tell you what, I want to tease the uh, listeners with the things they're going to be hearing. I've got th- uh, some sound effects for you. The, for, this is, yeah, you can guess what these are about. This is the first, that hangs ah. Oh. That's the first one. Guess mm. what? Guess what? That's what's going to be, be about. Uh, this is actually uh, a, this is this is a this is a fun one. Listen to this. Ah, I think. Do you recognise that? Of course I do. It's the new reduced English National Opera. <laughs> and I have got uh, this. from him uh, in the programme. He oh, sounds terribly well fed. The Arts Council of England would know about this. I don't know if he mm. was subject... Put uh, him on a diet. To the, uh, yes, it's a, it's a splendid voice, and mm. I'll, we'll talk about that. Obviously, the thing we've got to talk about first is what's happened uh, yes. last week, end of last week. Yes. We teased it. We did. And can I just say, we teased it, and I, I must claim a little bit of self-satisfaction in having predicted the demise of ENO. I don't. I have to say, only in predicting it, I don't feel any satisfaction mm. in the fact it's it, you know the EMO. That is for foreign people. That is English national opera. Yes, there are Even two for, opera- for English people. It's also English. <laughs> there mm. are two opera houses Sometimes. in the UK to show you to show you how people love to hear uh, opera in a language that they don't speak. Mm. There are two opera houses in London. It costs about four times more to go to the one where they sing it in a language you don't speak. Work that out. But the one that, where they you know speak your language theoretically is English national opera. And that is a big, big casualty of the um, Arts Council funding cuts, basically. Mm. Shall, we, shall we also just go, for them people who are listening, because I know a lot of people listening in the US of A, and what, let's, what is the Arts Council, first Well, ca- can I just play the sound of okay. English National Opera being demolished? Okay. Uh, this is the official, I, actually, you know what, the official announcement. I've got uh, mid-length brown, gently greying hair, and I'm wearing tortoiseshell specs. 
I'm Darren Henley. Good morning. I'm Chief Executive of Arts Council England. I'm wearing a dark suit, a white shirt and black rimmed glasses. Hello. And, I'm, and I'm so forth. Uh, uh, and Arts Council England. And I'm also yes. wearing a dark suit and a white shirt. Uh, I'm Norman LeBrecht and I'm wearing a dark sweater and really rather fetching blue patterned shirt. But you can't see it because it's an audio podcast. I, this um, is how we make very, very important announcements. Absolutely. That was people audio describing Affecting the themselves. livelihood of thousands. That was the Arts Council uh, and audio describing themselves. So I'll do myself. I'm Rainer. I'm wearing a grey bomber jacket. I've got a hunchback and a limp. And I'm wearing lipstick um, all over my forehead. <laughs> forehead, which says E-N-O on it. Yes. For the reason that... ENO was the big, you know, victim in the... Well, it's the, it's the, it's the headline victim. There are yes. plenty of victims. Yeah. So just for those, it, the, Arm, the Arts Council is the arm's length organisation ch- uh, charged with distributing government money to worthy arts organisations. Arm's length in the fact that it is supposed to be that um, the government itself, the ministers therein, do not have a say. Their personal like or dislike of whatever art form it is, should not come into it. And they charge the Arts Council with distributing taxpayers' money and lottery money. Those, those are the two sources, aren't they? And they basically just had their latest round uh, of you know, announcements, and, and it was announced by Mags Patter, uh, who's the chief director of communication. By the way, did you She's the one with the brown, brown le- shoulder-length yeah, hair? Who, who couldn't work the gear. She yeah. couldn't, did you see how she couldn't yeah. work the gear? No. So I, I can't read the... Uh, I can't read my... Something's going wrong here. And I think she said something about the hair being greying. These are all very significant things. Absolutely. Reina, as you said, the Arts Council is an independent arts... Uh, arms-length organisation... Should be. ...which admitted that it had been instructed... Yeah. ...by the Secretary of State to kick a few organisations out of London, put them out there in the can cold, I, can I, let can them I, fend for can themselves. I, can I, I will play you the very moment from that, that speak thing where that mm. happened. Here it is. Well, I think the position was relative, made relatively clear when the Secretary of State instructed us to take money out of London. Does Can you hear the clicking of heels? The Secretary of State instructed us. Yeah, yes. and he goes on to say that they mm. told them not to, to, you know, move. That was Nicholas Sirota, yes. who's the chair yes. Yes. of other. So yeah. basically, that he's, they're, they're no longer in, arts. In any other country, this would be known as a Führerbefehl. A what? A Führerbefehl. A Führerbefehl. Yes. Oh yeah, that would be that would not in every other country, but in well, one other country, some, certain other country. Prior, prior which, to we 19- shall, which we shall not mention. Again, during the courses. Anyway, listen. The fact is, it is certainly not. It, they admitted actually live on you know stream. Yes. That they are that they basically were told to do this. Yes. And to distribute the money. So the, the main. So the, they should have been announcing their own abolition because they they simply there if they're there as an arm of government they don't need to be there because the government can make. It could have, it could have been exactly. Yeah. So um, here's the other thing. So I've got another little snippet from it, which is about the E and O. This is, I think, almost laughable. Really, mm. this is uh, so English National Opera has has had their grant taken away effectively mm. um, but listen <laughs> how how they how they just can't bring themselves to say we took the money away listen to listen to this here we go english national opera is one of the most dynamic and uh, imaginative organizations working in the country as we saw during the pandemic with their eno breathe and their drive in opera at alexandra palace and a whole range of other activities And when they put in their application for the next uh, three years, that application had within it continuation of work at the Colosseum, but also a very imaginative programme of work across the countries. English National Opera has been limited to working in London in recent years. 
and they wanted to be able to work outside London. That, so I mean, that, uh, hello, sorry, hello, hello. Well, what were they talking parallel, about? Parallel universe. Because absolute parallel they're basically universe. saying, yeah. it's such a wonderful organisation, full of great ideas, we're going to cut it. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're going to get, get they, rid, uh, abolish all of their funding. And it I sounds mean, like they yes. wanted to move out, which is they so didn't. But, I mean, uh, you know, Harry Brunges, be, who, I mean, I know you have an opinion, he's the I, chairman... Of you know yes, so he basically he, he went straight to the what was it spectator or something mm. going this whole thing came as a massive surprise terrible shock terrible shock terrible the man shock. is a medical doctor he ought to be careful about using words like that shock <laughs> shock <laughs> clinical well condition. he anyway he he's, was apparently surprised by I'm he's, sure he's a lovely he's chap. a lovely he speaks chap. very well of you but yeah, I very much hope he does <laughs> but you know if things ever get really tough and I'm forced to be a highway robber right um, uh, I what I'd probably do is to go up to people on uh, on a dark night and yeah. say, you are the, one of the most high-performing, innovative and, and attractive individuals I've ever seen. Yeah. I would now like to strip you to strip down to your Give underpants. Give us your phone. That's right, <laughs> and your phone. And, oh, by the way, I'll take the underpants as well. Absolutely. It's just, that is what, what that if, is what Arts Council England has done to English National Opera. Uh, However, yeah. they've had it coming. I, well, do you know, I, I, can I just say, I mm. was here yes, last week mm. predicting this very thing. Was I not? I was saying that you can't understand uh, things when, it's, when they're being sung, you know, in any language, let alone mm. English. Actually, do you know what? I've got a little example of this. I've got, I'm going to play a little bit of this. It's Land of Hope and Glory. Mm. Who knows the word? Land of Hope and Glory? Well, the Catholic's I'll, I'll taken just, over there as well. This is, this is the beginning of it, and I will, I will do a little translation for it if I... Oh. I'm going to do... I've got... In this French? Is, this is what I think they're singing. Ready? Land of Hope and Glory. Farmer of a pea. I shall be excited. Over Normandy. Why am I still in the choir? Surely I'm not insane. God who made the icing. Bake me another fine cake. See, see what I mean? Mm. So I, those, that's a song that we all should know because we're all very patriotic and sing it uh, every last night of the poems. I think that's excellent. It's wonderful. Do you know it sounds even better in French? Oh, there is a French uh, person. Well, I think I've just it, made one up. It's Pays de l'espoir et de la gloire. Uh, je veux une glace à la, à la poire. <laughs> I only call it la poire, and it's le poire, isn't it? So is I it know le you're making up. Is it le poire? <laughs> Damn. Somebody will, somebody will write in. By the back way, back to school. Yes. If you have any, we want we want to encourage people to write to us and tell us what we think. Yes. So, so this is the moment. And Since to we, translate things for us. Translate. <laughs> and if you've got, mm. a, if you know the gender of poire, please mm. uh, send it in. But the point is, I said uh, last time that nobody can understand what the hell anybody's saying. So what's the point of international court? And mm. lo and behold, it has been uh, cut. But I have to say, I do feel sorry. I mean, the arts are under a massive lot of pressure and anybody losing their job is not a thing I celebrate at all, by the way. But nevertheless, they're, they're not alone. London Sinfonietta is down 41%. Mm. Uh, Britain Sinfonia, mm. I mean, that is just bizarre. Barking. 
because they, they are a group that are not based in London. They go around doing amazing things. Nick Daniel is their director, the mm. openers. Mm. And he's absolutely gutted. I mean, they spent all this time... Saffa, I think that's their yeah, best yes, in, in yes. Manchester, and they do... Oboe is one of the few instruments you actually play without gut. It's yeah. a reed, so he must be reeded. <laughs> Meantime, there were some winners. There were some winners, but, I mean, Aurora Orchestra... Up 50%, they've got 143,000. That's because they play standing up. Yeah, that, they save on the chairs. Yeah, that is true. They've got maybe. That, I, do you know what I saw? So them why at, give them more money? I saw them at the proms hmm. and I saw them do uh, Beethoven Fifth Symphony from memory uh, with very excitable Tom Service, hmm. who was giving his introductions to it on the stage. And it was brilliant. Absolutely. Hmm. I loved the introduction. Hmm. I actually didn't like the performance, which I thought was why don't I sit down and play this you know, hmm. from notes? But anyway, they've got more money. And Chinake, who are the orchestra featuring uh, people of Di- different origins. Diversities. Diversity. Mm. Well, kind of fair enough. But, the, you know, the, these things, the people at Happy Car are absolutely gutted. Well, of course they're gutted. Of course they're gutted. And, you know, pe- people have had 10%, 20% taken off them. The, the big issue is, is English National Opera because right. it's going to affect... Directly hundreds of people and indirectly thousands. Yeah. Yeah. The orchestra, the chorus are going to lose their livelihood. Yeah. The 17 million tail off payment they'll be given is basically redundancy payments. Yeah. And then there are all of those people who, and not to mention the stagehands and, and um, the various executives upstairs, but um, there is then another whole economy of people mm. that trains the singers, there are voice coaches, there yeah. are instrument makers, there are all sorts of other people, who, whose income is going to be very, very severely affected. But anyhow, there is the chairman saying, he's shocked. I am shocked. Shocked, shocked he says. Shocked. shocked. Um, and they've had explicit warnings down yeah. 12 years, time after time. There was one occasion where a senior arts council official attended a board meeting of English National Opera and said to them, if you carry on this way, I'm going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And their solution was yeah. to ban arts council officials from their meetings. <laughs> that was clever. Um, and so it's been bumbling around and going downhill and spending most of its time renting out the Coliseum to, to stage musicals yeah. and trying to justify its existence by saying that it helped people breathe during COVID, which is admirable mm. and memorable but not what they're formed to do. And it's awful, because, you know, we've had some wonderful nights in the English National Opera. I mean, it's an absolutely absurd night. Do you want to know my worst night at English National Opera? I want I mean, to hear about Worst it. ever. Yeah. OK. So there was this period when they had... Um, they, every year, there was going to be a new opera by a British composer. Yes. Wonderful idea. Okay. okay. How do we select them? We do Buggins' turn of the publishers. So you go first to Boosie and Hawks. Who have you got? Then um, to Schott and to Peters and to all the others. Mm. And one after another, there were these operas that were put on for six performances and then forgotten, never heard of again. Finally, mm. they came to Oxford University Press. Well, they've got to have somebody good, don't they? They had a chap called John Buller. And he'd been working on an opera for years and years and years. The only thing it was, was it was in classical Greek. And this is English National Opera. And they said, John, old chap, we'll make an exception for you. We're going to put on your Medea, I think it was, in Greek. Mm. It was 100 minutes of hell. Absolutely nothing happened on stage. Whatever happened was happening off stage in a foreign language. And I've taken the precaution of taking with me a classical scholar, um, a lecturer in, in ancient and Near Eastern languages. And at some point I said to Michael, how's the Greek? I mean, it's, it's very classical. He said, no, he said, it's restaurant Greek. <laughs> 
It was dire. It couldn't have been more dire. And then a couple of days later, Rodney Mills and the Times said, all operas should be like this. So you can't please all of the public all of the time, can you? So, well, it was like, what well, you mentioned souvlakis. And, um, yes, mm. I want some more tzatziki. Yes. I get the opinion now. Do you know what? I didn't actually... even have that tune. So, uh, hang on, can I just say, you said... That in... was by Hachidakis, by the way. That was? The tune was, yeah. The words were by me. I have got my sound cue summarising ENO and their misfortunes. Here it is. Never mind the why and wherefore, love can never act and therefore, though his lordship stations might be those stupendous. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah. Okay, so um, the other thing, so I've, the other thing I've got is for you is why well, I, I hinted at, mm. which is a story that caught my ear uh, in your output in slip discs. Mm. It was, and it was from this. Well, it was basically to do with this. That is, of course, the Ride of the Valkyries played on none other than a recorder. Have you got a recorder? Have you no, played the recorder? No, no, no. I only play silver flute. I That's think... not a euphemism. You do actually play the silver flute. I do actually play the silver flute, often in the bath, <laughs> just, just, just to calm me down. Have a and there was a recent discussion on slip discs as to how much these things cost. Apparently you can't get one for less than £15,000. A silver flute? A silver flute, yeah. Do they play better? In the bath? No, silver flutes. Well, yeah, in the bath. I, suppose, I think you'd wreck them in the bath because the pads would get wet. That's my thesis. Mm-hmm. This is my story, which happened on, on November the 8th. And it was Bavaria loses ring cycle for lack of subs. Subs being substitute singers. Mm. And this happened in a place called Landshut in Lower Bavaria, with a population, by the way, of 72,404, according mm-hmm. to Wikipedia. So that must mm-hmm. be right. And that is about the size of Corby in Northamptonshire. So tiny. Mm-hmm. And they are... Is that the one that's named after the Labour Party leader? Ah, oh, that's one. Mm. Yes, but that, this is a Landshut. There's probably a Landshut who's the head of the you mm. know, Lower but Bavarian I, Communist Party. You don't get lower than Lower Bavaria. No, especially if, with a silver flute in your hand. Mm. But on ta- they're, they're doing the ring cycle. This is amazing for me. Mm. That they're, they're 72,000, which is... You know, they're Cor- doing a ring cycle. In Corby. In Corby. Yeah, in by the steelworks. Yeah. Exactly. And they're doing it in something... Because, well, I have to say, it's not exactly a grand... It's called a theatre tent they're doing it in. Mm. And in Act 2 of Siegfried, which is not where that tune comes from, of course, that comes from Die Valkyrie, which is the second part, mm. third part of the ring, 
So act two, Siegfried uh, basically catches the guy playing Siegfried, whose name was, I'll find it in a second, but he basically got a bit of a cold and, and went out going, and said, I can't, I can't, um, <laughs> I can't do any mm. And, and, he, and he, he pulled out. So, I mean, the main thing I think that struck me is, is you know, how much better things are funded in Germany. Mm. The fact that some, a town that size can put a, you know, a, a coherent Put-in. ring cycle together. Um, obviously, the frailty of singers who would, you know, who in my experience will drop out if, you know, they're just it's a nightmare working with singers. That gets belief, doesn't it? But the thing is, um, you know, how would you reasonably expect in the UK there to be substitute singers? Because this is the point. They had to basically call a day because the guy cancelled. Would that, would that happen in the UK? Well, in, in London you would find them, but probably not in Corby, Northamptonshire. No. Well, I mean, it does slightly bother me that in the whole of Lower Bavaria... They couldn't find another Siegfried. I mean, there must have been one well, on, hiding think, under a haystack somewhere. No, they somewhere, didn't cancel the whole thing. Running, they, running a little McDonald's franchise. Probably. There's, yes. there's, there's, a, there's a, probably it's like yeah. a thing like in, New, in in Los Angeles. Everybody is a potential actor. In Lower Bavaria, everybody is. <laughs> Everybody's a potential Every, Siegfried. Yes. Everybody wants to give their Siegfried. Yes. Yeah, you give yeah. their Siegfried. Come here. Just <laughs> Where is the dragon? I will say him. Anyway, I just thought all of those things quite interesting in the middle of nowhere. And it was a great, it was a great little article. I thought. Thank you. It was yes. I, I mean, it's just wonderful to know that in small places like that, they have the ambition to put on a ring. I mean, we have one in this country. It's called Longborough. Yeah. Have you been down there? I have. Um, where a um, very nice couple put on a ring in their garden shed and then um, put their daughter in charge of all future productions, which is very good. <laughs> Do you know there is happen- There is a ring cycle happening in London. I wish I could remember. It. Oh, Regent's is it Regent's Park Opera? Something uh, like that? Uh, no, it's somewhere else. They're doing uh, uh, Rheingold mm-hmm. on Sunday. And if we can find that out before the end of the podcast, I will announce that. Right. It's Rheingold and it's happening somewhere in London. I noticed, I thought I might even go. Rheingold is the shortest one, by the way. Which, it is, yes, sort of uh, may, uh, 90 minutes. Something like that. Which is shorter than the opera in Greek. 10 minutes cut off it. Yeah, mm. well, there we go. It's, that's, mm. That was an, a lovely story, I thought. Um, so that was my rather simple sound cue for that. Let me see if I can find... Uh, right, OK, here's another one. This is an odd one. I don't know whether this is um, something... Do you remember this? This one? This is... Uh... Uh, the sound of uh, Houston Station during a rail strike. <laughs> That was bees. The hard. And I quote the story. This is from November the seventh, and uh, the, the headline was needing needing mezzo. I use mezzo. I use goat manure. For <laughs> what? Mm. Do you remember what it was? Mm, yes, yes. For, she, for farming. Very good for her farming and very good for her hives. So she hardworking international so officer Elena Garanka. Mm. That's how you pronounce it. Very good. Won the, a beekeeper's award from the Austrian fruit growing industry. Mm. She tells the Vienna Tabloid, "Of course, I fertilize with goat manure. I also like to the. I like. I also talk to the plants a lot, and that's probably how she speaks. Mm. I'm proud of my biggest tomato. It weighed 780 grams. Isn't that extraordinary? Exactly. In the olden days, the diva would be a big cheese, but now she's a big tomato. <laughs> Harry Bringers, that is. Yes, um, sir. Uh, so, so I, I'm tying those together also with, you know, the frailty of singers. Well, there is obviously, you've got to do something else. I, I, that, I find that a very practical thing for us. Because mm. mostly, singers, in my experience, they're so busy protecting their voice that they dare not do, you know, 
get involved in anything so grubby no. as out in a field with a bee, with a load of bees mm. because they get stung and it somehow affects the voice, which they talk about in the third person, like it was a you know somebody live with who's played up a bit from time to time. Uh, okay, so that's her, and um, this is um, the story which I also uh, referred to, by the way, uh, which is. I'm going to play this one again, actually, because I quite liked it. This is um, HMS Pinafore. Never mind the why and wherefore, love can never act, and therefore, though his lordship stations mighty, though stupendous... Dialogues of the Carmenites. That is a... That is a you know Dialogues of the Carmenites? Yes, Have you ever seen that? Yes. It is the most depressing opera in all time, because at the end, the half the cast gets guillotined. Yes. Which, are the, the Which is not, not good. No, no, not don't. good. I mean, no. Well, maybe no, that maybe that's almost worse than the fate of international opera. Absolutely. Paul Lang wrote two operas. One was Dialogue of the Carmelites, and the other in French was Les Mamelles de Theresias, which I'm not allowed to translate on a decent. Go on, uh, Terry's tits. Theresias. Les Mamelles de Theresias. Yes. Okay, and this is this is the other one. So there's a lot in on 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 set disc of you know people who have shuffled off. And this was um, famed Italian tenor, dies at age 92, and that was Daniele Barioni, mm-hmm. who's a leading t- was a leading tenor with the Metropolitan Opera in the 50s. And then he, he, says, he said in the article, in, after 1952, he fell out of favour in New York and went on to see Philadelphia and elsewhere. He remained a fixture in Rome, but this is what I particularly liked about this, because uh, he, he only sang once at La Scolca, Milan. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. And I thought, is that the same as like a sort of, <laughs> is that the same scar- oh. La Scala where mm-hmm. people go, oh. go off and be oh. grumpy on their own in the corner? That is the inbuilt um, slip disc finger slip. Yeah. It was an incredibly expensive device that I had built into the site yeah. to produce these occasional misprints it's an, that, but that attract, is, that is attract people's attention. This is called, this is the original clickbait. Right. The slip disc finger slip. Well, uh, I. Uh, naturally, I completely understand that you're working at speed. It, all these articles are appearing, but I looked up uh, Daniele Barroni, and I've got him singing uh, "Torna a Sorrento," which is a famous you know, Neapolitan mm. aria. Here we go. <laughs> Daniele Baroni. Now, I think he's the man's got an amazing pair of lungs on him. And he? He, he died aged 92. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, I just think, well, how many people out there, these great artists, they just drop off the perch and they're not, 
Nobody even kind of registers it. But where do you where do you where do you find stuff like that for the website? Oh, people send it to me. Right. Yeah. Um, um, occasionally, it's the attending physician <laughs> at the deathbed of of, of some tenor. Um, but um, <clears throat> no, people just send them in. What's wonderful about this, I mean, it is partly wonderful, but partly it's a consequence of market forces. There were so many tenors of that consequence around in the 1950s and 90s. He was so good mm. that the Met could afford to, say, afford to say to him, yeah, you've had a good run, six, seven years, we're on a different kind of tenor now, off you go. Go to Philadelphia, they'll, they'll look after you. Mm. Uh, there were, the place was flooded with tenors. Mm. There was a whole wave that would come through. There would be Corelli and then there would be Pavarotti and there would be this one and that one and the other. Find me one Italian teller today. Mm. Apart from Mr Gigolo who got fired by Covent Garden for reasons that we can't possibly mention on this podcast. But whatever, you know, where are the Italian tellers? You used to be able to go to a, a pit head mm. and whistle and three Carusos would pop up. Mm. Uh, nowadays, what would you get? Not a lot. If we're talking about singers, can we talk about the little boy who got pooed at Covent Garden? Yeah. Were you there? I wasn't, no. No, no. no I'm really sorry to have missed so that. Not is... sorry to have missed the other three hours and 59 minutes of Algina, but this is particularly an... yeah. since... And here's market forces at work as well, but in the wrong way. Mm. This was the third new production of Algina in this country this year. Wow. There was one at Opera North. Mm. There was one at Cowpats, Glyndebourne. Right. And this is the third one. And by the Three way, so this Alcina, is... I mean, you know, how big is the market in this country for Handel operas? Mm. Um, wait a minute, let me see if I can <laughs> find room at the other side of the table. Um, Three of them in the same year. So mm. they put on the Alcino Covent Garden, the Richard Jones production. It's obviously going to be terribly good. Yeah. And then this very, very nice little boy, 12 years old, yeah. from Cardinal Vaughan's school, which is a state school, yeah. um, comes on and sings Oberto's Aria. Um, which I'd love to sing for you today, but I'm afraid my voice is broken. Oh, and, we, can, uh, we can arrange some sort of device. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure many again. are plotting, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and some bloke in the stalls gets up and starts booing him. I mean, who would boo a child singing on stage? Yeah. What possible excuse could there be? What kind of Covent Garden patron, let me put that in double inverted commas, yeah. would do a thing like that? And um, he was sort of, People around him, <laughs> um, and uh, they pulled him down to his seat, and he stopped booing. And and the boy got the most tremendous ovation. And then the next morning, when the whole thing exploded over social media, well, slip disk and social media, right. um, Covent Garden then quickly came out with a statement and said he he, He's he, he will never darken our doorstep again, which is quite the, right and the proper. The boy but, was called Manakai M Bayo. And yes, he I sung his three arias. Yeah. But he, he seemed to be fine. He'd sung a common garden before. He'd done, he quite, he done other productions. He was quite a trooper. Yeah, he was yeah, quite a trooper. Absolutely. But what came to my ear this morning, I mean, literally today, is this fresh off, off the, whatever, the off wires. The, off the um, computer keyboard. Was the chap who booed him, yeah. a little while later, got up and left. Now, why did he do that? Mm. Having done his booing stint... Yeah. And what seems to have happened is that he fell victim to a very English phenomenon, which is the phenomenon of Tutankhamun. Everybody around him gave him the culture, sort of a bit of the frozen look, and he was assailed by little tuts. Tut, tut, mm. tut, 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 tut. And, you know, you can't stand that for very long, so he got up and he ran. Yeah, well, I've got the sound effect that should apply to his testicles when we get hold of him find out who he is mm. this is it 
There we go. Two, two of them, because they're two, two times we need to deal with. That was it. Um, mm. Well, that is another podcast. Uh, this oh, week. no, it can't be over. It is. It's, it's not over already. Please get in touch with us. You know, we want to yes. hear your opinion. We want to hear what you think, which of the stories you liked, and, you know, apart from the comments and stuff. Or, and maybe, maybe there's and, someone... And comment, comment. You know, just yeah. drop a comment. Birth, marriage, We don't really require your real name. Absolutely. You could call yourself anything that's not identifiable as a chairman of Eno. So how do people get in contact? You go onto Slipdesk and you see where it says comment and you comment. So if you want to comment, please comment in the Slipdesk website and, uh, you know, especially about the podcast because that's what we want to hear. Mm. Um, that Rheingold, which is happening in London, is happening at Freemasons Hall at five o'clock. So mm. even though it's the shortest one, I've got to clear the rest of the evening. And that's this Sunday, oh. Freemasons Hall in London. which it's is five o'clock, so it's going to be over by 6.40. Probably. And then it's time for and drinking. Then- yeah, I, I just like the I just like the last sound of it and the feel. I like people putting on Wagner operas in places inappropriate with inappropriate. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a, a field day. Yeah, they are. Aren't they? Well, rail strikes are starting again. So November the twenty ninth, I think we could put one on in King's Cross. I think we should do one here. What I'm, can I say? Can I be Botan? You should be Votan. I don't want to be Votan. It's so boring. I want to be Siegfried. Okay, fine. Siegfried. Siegfried? I'll be Brunhilde. I'll, <laughs> I've got the thing. Um, so that's it till next week. Um, thanks very much. I'm Manu Drena Hirsch. I'm Norman Lebrecht. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we'll look forward to your company again. Just to close the show, here is uh, the sound once more of Daniele Baroni singing Torna Assoriente. Till next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.